Uh, cool. So my name is Daniel, uh, along with my lovely wife, Emily. We are the pastors of this church, and it's just wonderful to be with you guys um, for, as Pippa said, the last kind of sensible gathered Sunday, sens- last sensible Sunday of the summer before we all go and have some fun. Um, I just wanted to say, before I say anything else, it's just a real privilege to be um, leading the church at the moment. Um, Evan, I love you guys very, very much. And sometimes it just occurs to us what a privilege it is to be doing this. So thank you for allowing us to do this. Um, I love speaking last in a term. I don't know why that is, but I'm like, oh, can I say the last one? I think it's because I want us to send, I want us to go into the summer break with something ringing in our ears. Uh, I want to, I like to speak very directly and clearly to something. So last term, I remember I spoke about taking on the posture of a victor rather than a victim, which seemed to be kind of what God was saying to us in the post-COVID world that we found ourselves in. And today I want to do something kind of super simple, because I'm a super simple guy, really. Um, Something that I just, I hope that we can carry over the summer and beyond, um, something for us to think about and meditate on, something that I hope will really form us as individuals and as a community, something which, frankly, I found really, really difficult this week as I've been trying to walk with Jesus, something that I struggle with on a pretty much weekly basis, and this week has been no exception. Um, But before we get there, can we do some family business really quickly? Thank you. I'm like, literally, I'm looking for your permission. So I just wanted to really briefly speak to the fact, um, as Emily alluded to earlier, that um, we don't currently have a kids team leader in place uh, for September. Now, we'd really hoped that by this stage we would have somebody in the role and have somebody ready to go, um, somebody who could kind of take the role up from Hannah and work with her over August in preparation for September, and that just simply hasn't happened, and I just wanted to acknowledge that. Um... I also just wanted to make a couple of things really, really clear. The first thing is that M and I are not panicking, and we have a plan. Okay? Ooh, I know. Um, sounds a lot more substantial than it is. Basically, Hannah, Emily, and I have been we've been working together over the last couple of months to put a plan in place for Kids Church next term. Um, we've planned all the sessions out. We've put the team we've done the rotor so kids church will continue in the same way that it has done this term and it has done it in the past um, it does mean that Emily and I are going to take on the leadership of the team um, until we can find a suitable candidate to take over um, it also means that we're going to be asking all of us as a church to consider joining the kids team um, now I know that many of us don't feel necessarily gifted or potentially interested in joining the kids team i know that most handful of us have kind of absented ourselves for perfectly good reasons we totally acknowledge that that's all cool um but this is a moment that we want to acknowledge that the kids team is actually going to be under a bit of pressure next term without somebody taking the lead on it um and so uh, as a church em and i would just like to ask that all of us just rise to that challenge together and we don't let the kids team shoulder that challenge on their own uh, that we don't allow the kids team to shoulder the extra load um that we help to kind of carry it together as a community for however long that takes. Um, And so if you're not currently serving on the kids' team, there's a real good chance you might get asked. Um, And please be ready when you do get asked to say yes. That would be great. Um, This is not a moment for us to lean into our preference, but this is a moment for us to support one of the hardest working teams in our church who every Sunday kind of passionately 
bring the kingdom to our children. Uh, there's like 20 people over in that hall who are exploring faith every single week, and we get an opportunity to speak into their lives, to set them up for a long-haul journey with Jesus to go and change the world. Now, I think that that's exciting personally, and that's what we're inviting you guys into. It's not just go and look after the brats for five, ten minutes. It's go and invest in the next generation and go and teach them how to follow Jesus. Um, diddly diddly dee. Yeah, we're still hopeful that someone will come forward um, and take on the role. And to that note, I just want to clarify one more quick thing. Um, we initially advertised for a kid team leader, for somebody to just take up the role from Hannah and run with it. But we actually tweaked it um, about a month or so ago um, to actually be more of an internship. So the role and the salary and the hours are the same as the kids team leader role, but it now includes a fully funded place at the Vineyard uh, Training College. Um, so it's a new college context that the Vineyard Movement has developed. I'm loving the woos today, they're very good. Uh, the college course is a year-long course in Christian ministry and leadership within a vineyard context. Um, and most of it is kind of general leadership skills and theological input, but a good portion of it includes being connected in with other kids team leaders, other worship leaders, other church planters from around the nation and around the movement, so you can learn your specific discipline in practice. Um, now, I went to go and visit the college a month or so ago, and if you guys know me at all, you'll know that I'm quite cynical about these things, uh, especially when it comes to church things. I'm cynical to the extent of being quite grumpy. Um, so I went and was ready to be not impressed. I was impressed. Uh, it was really well attended. It was well funded. It was well thought out. I thought the content was excellent. It was deep and difficult and meaningful. Uh, I would highly recommend it to anybody who's considering it, but I'm excited about the opportunity to send somebody through it on an internship track to grow in their faith, to grow in their confidence, to grow in their gifting of leading kids' environments. And so if you know anybody who would fit that internship role, who we could train up and invest in and who could in turn invest in our kids, then we would love to hear from you. Please be praying about it and passing it on to your friends. Have a little think and pray. How does that sound? Good. Excellent. I'm going to put that down because I'm feeling shorter than usual today. So that leads me on to what I really want to talk about today. Uh, life is complicated. Can I get an amen? Amen. Life is complicated. I sometimes feel like every day is a maze of decisions and nuance and opportunity and risk and challenge and all sorts of stuff. Each day I do my best to do life well. Anybody else? Each day I try and do my best. Most of the time I find doing life well hard. You know, just I wish sometimes for like a straight path. Like sometimes it's obvious, it's easy, and you just, you know, just do what you need to do. But sometimes, often, it's just really tricky. Um, and I just, you know, when you find yourself in the middle of that, or sometimes I just wish, wouldn't it just be simple? Can't I just have a straight path through this decision? Can I have a straight path through this, like, mystery or this confusion? Like, does anybody else ever wish for a straight path in life? Put your hand up. This is a trap. Put your hand up if you ever wish for a safe path, straight path through life. You do, don't you? Everybody put your hand up. This is a trap. Good. You've been warned. Um... Oh, yes. So, question for you. When you're driving down the road and you see one of these signs, what do you do? Accelerate. You keep going. You are my people. 
I'm so excited. I thought you'd all be so sensible and say, I always turn around because there's a good chance that the road ahead is not my road. No, no, no. Every single time I will go past that sign thinking, it's definitely not my road. I'm going to carry on. I'm always wrong. Um, I remember last year we went to Polpero. Has anybody ever been to Polpero in Cornwall? Yes, beautiful, isn't it? It's like a little fishing town, and it's completely unsuitable for vehicles. Completely unsuitable. There are signs everywhere that say, do not drive here. These roads are not suitable for vehicles. You are not allowed to drive here. We will fine you a million pounds if you drive here. And I... Uh, we were down there with our family and we had grandpa with us and it was our turn to be responsible for grandpa and so grandpa walked down the hill into Polpero and meandered around and it was wet and there came, there came the time that we had to go back and we somehow had to get grandpa up the hill in the rain to the car and I said don't worry darling I can do this I can get the car down here and so I'd gone on Google and I'd found a route thought I can do this and I checked it there's a place for me to come down on the harbour, I can turn around and come back again. And so I'm, I go, I march up the road thinking, I know what I'm doing. So I got back in the car and I drove it down the road and I'm literally driving past sign after sign that goes, you are an idiot, turn around. Your car is going to get stuck, turn around. We are going to fine you a million pounds. You're an idiot, turn around. And I'm like, nah, this is fine. So I got down to the bottom and there's, the, there's like this gap between these two like nine million year old houses that I had to drive my car through and I thought that's fine I can get through there and I was right I got through the nine million year old gap with my massive massive car yes you suck Polpero and then I got onto the harbour and I turned around and I came back up to that same gap ready to pick up everybody and go back home and I thought that gap is a lot smaller this time round and I'm kind of looking at it and looking at the angle and thinking can I, can't I, yeah, I've got it through, so I can get it back through again without damaging my new car. Did I, did I manage to get through in one piece? Mm, not really, not really. I, uh, I very much regretted not paying attention to those signs after signs. You are an idiot. Stop driving your car into our medieval village. But never mind. Um, where am I going with that? Um, yeah, I don't really know where I'm going with that, but this week we've been thinking about the kids' team role, and I've been worrying about it. I think I know where I'm going with that, because to be honest, I'm not sure what's going to do here. I'm not sure what God's going to do here. I feel like, like the term between September to Christmas is a bit of a swampy mystery to me, and I could really do with a straight path on this one. I could really do with a straight path through the swampy mystery. And whilst, as I've said, we've made a plan and we're going to do our best to be ready, it's, like, it's looking like September is not going to happen the way that I would like it to happen in this regard. So as I've been talking to God with this week, as I've been talking to him and expressing my anxiety to him, as I've been asking him for guidance, as I've been expressing my frustration towards him, as I've been trying to listen to his voice, I felt him remind me of a little biblical proverb that I'd like us to reflect upon today. So who here has ever read the book of Proverbs in the Bible? Big bit, little bit, anybody ever dipped their toe in the book of Proverbs? Yeah, that's most of us. What's the book of Proverbs full of? Oh, wisdom, that's a good answer. But Proverbs? Yes, Proverbs. Um, who can tell me something about Proverbs? Like, wh- where is it? What are they? What are these things, these little, little nuggets of wisdom? 
that can be applied in many different circumstances. Yeah. Can anyone think of like a modern day parallel for Proverbs? What would be a modern parallel? Memes. You've read my notes. Absolutely. I was thinking tweets maybe, but tweets are kind of a bit throwaway and that you don't really know where they've come from. But memes, I think, are pretty near a parallel for modern Proverbs. Because, thanks for the vote of confidence on that one, because me will come into circulation and if it's, a, if it's kind of recognized as wisdom, yeah, if it's recognized as wisdom, then it'll get shared around and everyone, and then it becomes like the zeitgeist in your face. So, <laughs> thanks for that audible what. Um, I think memes is a pretty good, so, so Proverbs are, it's kind of like, um, kind of like household sayings, they're the kind of things that your mum would pepper, with you, pepper you with as you were growing up. Not exactly what you'd call promises from God, I think if you read them like they're promises from God, you kind of start heading towards quite an unhealthy idea of God just kind of hooking you up with a good life if you do all of the right things. Instead, it's better to think of these Proverbs, as Pippa said, as wisdom principles, good and wise advice about how to best live in the world, how to live well, how God has kind of ordained the universe to work, and therefore how to live kind of following the grain uh, of God's careful design for humanity. So each of them is to be pondered, to be meditated on, and acted upon on like a case-by-case basis. And there's one which has really stood out to me um, this week, one that I've come back to again and again. It's a really famous one, and honestly, I think if you were going to pick one proverb from the entire book to meditate on and try and apply your whole life to, I think it would be this one. Can anybody guess what it might be? It's up, on the, it's up on the screen behind me. Yeah, you're right. It's that one. It's a really famous one. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. Has anybody ever heard that before? Yeah, lots of nods. It's very famous. Should we try it in Spanish? Con... Somebody who actually speaks Spanish, just come and read it in Spanish. Would somebody who speaks Spanish come and read this to us? Yeah, come on, Isis. That'd be great. I was going to try and do it, but I would do it so badly wrong. Confía en el Señor de todo corazón y no en tu propia inteligencia. Reconócelo en todos tus caminos y Él allanará tus sendas. Thank you very much. Brilliant. So I think if you want to pick a pithy, short, challenging statement to reflect on and try to apply for the rest of your life, you could do a lot worse than this one. I think the language on it is so challenging. Trust in the Lord with all, all of your heart. and Don't rely on your own understanding. Seek his will in all, all that you do, and he will make your path straight. I love the way that some other translations render it trust in the lord with all this is the one that i learned when i was doing sunday school trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight i actually love that word submit there like submit is like an it's a evocative provocative word um, that kind of conjures stuff up in us but it's it's one thing to acknowledge it's another thing to submit in all your ways acknowledge him like if the police are flagging you down because you're driving too fast, you can go, thanks, no thanks, but no thanks. That's acknowledging the police. But if the police say, pull over, and you submit to them, you pull over. So I think there's a really interesting difference in the translations there. In all your ways, acknowledge him, like, cool, cheers, Jesus. And in all your ways, submit to him. 
and he will make your path straight. Um, yeah, and there it is. There's that straight path that I was talking about earlier on. That straight path that you've, like, that we all fell into the trap of saying we wanted. Ha ha ha. So if you want to have a straight path, this proverb is saying that the key is to trust in the Lord with all your heart and not lean on your own understanding. This is the way that the message translates it. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He is the one who will keep you on track. This is such simple advice, right? It's so simple. Trust God completely. Don't rely on your own intelligence and intuition. In everything you do, submit to him. Allow him to choose the path, and that path will be straight and the right one. Such a simple instruction that I find almost impossible to do. Anybody else know this proverb? Anyone else find this hard? Yeah? Good. Not just me then. Like, I want a straight path in life. And my Bible's like, okay, you want a straight path? Just trust God with everything. Boom. Simple. Just go for it. So why do I find this so hard? Why don't we just take a couple of minutes with the people we're sat around, go and turn and say hello to the people you know and people you don't know, and why don't we just knock this around for a little minute, like a minute or two? Why do we find this so hard? It's a simple instruction. Why do we find it so hard? Gloucester Vineyard people, this is your moment to be hospitable, so if there's folks who are sat on their own, make sure they're included. We're going to do this for two minutes, and then we're going to come back. Okay. So why do we find it so hard to kind of follow this proverb, follow this instruction. Why do we find this so difficult? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Why do we find this tricky? Who wants to add something to this? Yes. We had two things. The first one was um, it's quite not often easy to discern what God's will actually is. Uh, and the second one is there's an assumption that you should rely on yourself as well. Not in, not in Christianity, but in societal understanding that you should rely on yourself. Okay, so it's very much a countercultural thing because we're not, we're not kind of encouraged to rely on some kind of outside force. We're supposed to be self-sufficient. Very good. Anything else? Yep. Um, because people let us down. And so trusting anything fully is tricky because we don't often experience it in life with people. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so maybe we've found that when we've trusted somebody with all of our heart in the past, they've let us down. What's to say that the same isn't going to be true when we trust God? Brilliant. Anybody else want to add something? Yes. There was a point made in our group about the um, in all you do. Like, sometimes it's easier to trust with the bigger things, but some things that might seem trivial, you're like, well, actually, isn't God a bit too busy for that? But, yeah. Yeah. Maybe one more? Uno más? No? That's, about, that's as Spanish as we're going to get today. Um, so, last year, you can tell I've got holidays on the brain. This is the second holiday story of, of, the, of the afternoon. Last year, we climbed the second highest mountain in Wales. It was very hard work. It was called Penny Fan, and we've got a picture up here. This is us at the bottom. Oh, well, wasn't it? Was, what was it called? Cada Idris. Thank you. Thank you very much. So there we are. There's a bunch of uh, members of my family at the bottom of Cadre Idris, just about to climb up the top. If we can move on to the next one. That's beautiful, isn't it? Who wants to go walking in Wales now? All right, let's go on next one. Beautiful. Keep going. 
Now that's the view from like nearly all the way at the top. It's absolutely gorgeous. Keep going. And that's the view from the top. Oh, it was fabulous. Okay, if you want to go one step further. So it, as you can see from this picture, this is us about halfway up. And on the left, you can see the top. Okay, so that's the top, and you can see there's that kind of thing branching down to the right. Now, we assumed that that was the top as we were climbing. As we were walking up, we were going, okay, we've got to get ourselves up to that point up there. That's where we're getting to. Once we got up to that point, it became clear that that was not the top. That actually the top was down that ridge, back up the ridge on the other side, and then keep going again. And not only that, but the bit that was a bit further up again was shrouded in cloud. It was just up in the clouds, and we couldn't see where we were going. So there we are at the top of the, uh, at the, top of the hill, not happy, because we're exhausted now. Um, in the end, we did go up to the top, and we did not regret it. Now, for me, when it comes to trusting in the Lord with all of my heart and leaning not on my own understanding, when it comes to, in all I do, acknowledging him and asking him to make my path straight... The two things I find hardest to do is when God um, has laid a path, path for me that I do not like or that leads into the fog. So I find trusting in God the hardest when he's laid a path ahead of me that I do not like or a path that leads into the fog. So when we were up on the top of that false summit, I did not want to walk down for another kilometer or so in order to walk back up and then more. I did not like that path. And I did not like the idea of walking into fog, not knowing how much further we had to go. I liked neither of those options. But sometimes in life, when we're doing our best to trust in God with all of our hearts, he laid the path before us that we really don't want to take. Maybe we desperately want to get out of a job because it's a hostile work environment, you know, we ask for God to provide an option for us to get out of the job, and he asks us to stay put, to affect the culture in that workplace, to go and be Jesus amongst your difficult colleagues. Anybody ever had that one? Yep, I've had that one. Maybe you've been saving up for something, and you've been kind of squirreling away money in your bank account for a while, um, and you come to in, into a bit of inheritance or something, and suddenly God asks you to give a ridiculous amount of that money that you've been saving to a project or a person that is doing his work in the world. Anyone ever had that one? Yes, and you're like, I don't really want to do that because I've been saving this for something else. Or maybe it's around the decisions we're making in our sex lives. Maybe God's asked us to keep certain activities confined to marriage, and frankly, we'd just rather not. Anyone ever had that one? No, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. I'll put my hand up to that one. Sometimes God lays a path before us that we really don't want to take because it seems too costly, it seems too risky, it feels too uncomfortable, it's not the direction that we would have set, it seems like it's going to make our lives harder and not easier. It might even seem like it's going to make us less happy and not more happy. And in the midst of that, God would say to us, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. The other time I find it really hard to trust in God is when the path ahead uh, is hard to see, when I just can't see what's coming. It's like mountain fog, when you feel like God is asking you to do something or go somewhere, but honestly, you're just not sure what's going to happen when you get there. 
Maybe God told you to move to a new city, to start a church, or a new country, to start a new life, or move from one job to the other, and you know he said to go, but you're not sure what's going to happen when you get there. Will there be all the things that I need when I get there? Will God prosper me there? Will God go with me there? Has anyone ever had that one? Yeah, I've had that one. Or maybe you're finding yourself just completely at the end of yourself in your emotional reserves or in your mental health, and God is calling you into a journey of healing and recovery and restoration, but frankly, you're just terrified of both the process and what life might look like on the other side. It's just a huge, foggy mystery to you from where you're standing. Anyone ever been there? Yeah, hands going up in the room. Or perhaps you're at a junction in life when you simply don't know what's coming next. You know, maybe you said there's a million ways the road before you could branch and fork, and the thought of picking the wrong path is just too scary. Or you really want to know what God is leading you into, and frankly, you'd take something undesirable at this stage, but you'll just sense that God is saying, keep walking forwards. Walk into the fog. Trust me. Keep going forwards. Walk with confidence. Anyone ever been there? Yeah. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't rely on your own understanding. In all you do, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Trusting in God is both one of the hardest and yet one of the most essential things that we can ever learn to do, I think. Following Jesus is a journey of growing in our trust of God. Trusting that God is good all the time. And that all the time, God is good. Trusting that he has a plan for us, and he has a plan for us, corporately and individually. Trusting that if he asks us to do something that we don't want to do, or that scares us, or that annoys us, that, it, it's, um, that what he's leading us into is ultimately better for us than an alternative path. Trusting that God is for us, not against us. Trusting that he wants to give us a rich and fulfilling life. Trusting that his path is better than the path that the world would pay for us. Trusting that he will never leave us nor forsake us. Trusting that he knows about human flourishing better than we do. Trusting that the hard path is not always the wrong path. Trusting in his hand to guide and shape us on that journey. Now, I have no idea how this is landing for you today, or even if this is landing for you today. But however it's landed, I just want to encourage all of us as a community to push into this proverb over the summer. Reverberate it through your mind. Tattoo it on your arm. Write it on your fridge. Whatever you need to do to get it into your system, I'd just like to encourage us to do that. To go to God... um, in prayer and ask him, are there any areas of my life where I'm finding it really hard to trust you and to trust the path that you've set for me? Where are the areas where I'm making decisions in my life based on fear rather than faith? And maybe you're here today and you've not yet made your mind up about following Jesus and all of this stuff. Well, then, if that's you, then my message for you today is that generations of Jesus followers have been meditating upon this proverb and applying it to their lives for hundreds and thousands of years. And they will testify that when they've chosen to trust in God, when they've chosen to follow his path, even when it seemed utterly 
bonkers. They've looked back over their shoulder and found that they've been walking a straight path. It's certainly my story, and I think we could probably pass the microphone around and hear a few more. It might not have seemed like it at the time, but over the shoulder the path was straight and it led to blessing. So we're just going to finish our time today by getting back into those little groups and in praying for just that. Are there any areas in our life when we can identify it's really, really hard to trust God at the moment? Maybe we're aware of the path that God has called us to and we don't like it. We don't want to walk it. Maybe we kind of know we need to head in that direction, but frankly, it's all just mysterious and we can't see where we're going. And it seems impossible to trust God in that context. However this has landed for each of us, why don't we just get back into those little groups and just share as... uh, as freely as we feel we can, as freely as you feel comfortable, and then let's pray for each other. Let's pray for each other that God would help us, uh, either by speaking to us clearly or helping us to trust him, by showing us the path that he wants us to take or giving us the courage to walk it. So get back into those little groups again. We're going to pray, and at some point the kiddos will come back and we'll allow that to kind of draw our time together to a close. Go for it.